Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Podcast where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate. I'm joined by my regular co hosts, Mr. Mr. Andy Conjurer Turner. Hello, everybody. Oh, I did raise my my hand as if to allow Andy to go first. Oh, okay. Uh, This wasn't a Godzilla versus Kong situation. No, could have been awkward, but it was dealt with, you know. Like with Grace, if anything, and no, Mr. Ben Errington's faces. Say <laughs> right at the end of the episode, and Ben Errington, <laughs> and Ben Errington. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You listened to this whole episode, thinking it was two guys. <laughs> now it's free. Um, how's everybody doing? All right. Yeah. Got yeah. drinks. All got yeah. hats. No, Andy. Andy's gone. No, no, hatless. no hats. Uh, he's not follically challenged. He just he needs to. I've got a I've got a Jules mug, which is quite nice. Like a pretend. That I'm is good mug. Drinking seawater now. I don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Does everybody have a enjoyable Easter break? A lovely time. Yeah, I watched a lot of films. I almost yeah. couldn't stop myself. I was waking up early to watch films, staying up late to watch films. <laughs> I should have watched more than I did, if anything. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope that I hope that what I've been watching section is dozens of films long. It's not. I will be. <laughs> Did anybody have a anybody have a chocolate treat? Did anybody see a zombie Jesus milling about at any point? Yes. Oh, both. Both <laughs> chocolate treat. <laughs> chocolate treat. I had a couple of chocolate treats. Yeah. It's got to be done. It's what Jesus yeah. would have wanted. Um, it's one of his commandments, the eleventh one. And, and Ben Errington, <laughs> and Ben Errington. That's correct. Yeah. I'm still here, unfortunately. Uh, what we got? Do you want me to dive straight into horror news? Yeah, man, got some news. Yeah, man, us. come on, let's do that. Let's do it. Uh, so, Amazon is remaking the horror movie Good Night, Mommy. Good night, mommy. With Naomi Ro- Naomi Watts in the leading role, uh, I feel like so that's Naomi- already happened, hasn't it? Naomi Watts <laughs> leading role, 
Good night, yeah. mummy. Good night, maybe that's mummy. Just... Is that with the bandages? Good night, mummy yeah. is the one with the bandages and the yeah. twins, twin boys, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, is it Swedish or something like that? Have I? Austrian, sorry, Austrian. Uh, so yeah, We're, I think the film, the film Good Night, Mommy. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I think it's pretty good. A lot of people consider it like somewhat of a modern classic. I thought it was just all right. But yeah, Naomi Watts and weird, creepy little kids. She's done that in the Ring remake. Why not yeah. go and do it in? Uh, well, the 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 Ring Two was the one with her son in it, wasn't it? Yeah. Why not do it with this? movie i mean we don't necessarily need a remake but yeah go on well if she yeah. does this now then like so she's done the ring one creepy kid this film two creepy kids yeah. she's building up to doing like a village of the damned remake i guess <laughs> that's true and you'd be able to have the naomi watts versus creepy kids trilogy i would pay some money for that Imagine the little DVD <laughs> box set. Nothing fancy, just like a cardboard wraparound that you can get in your uh, local supermarket. Oh, talking of DVD box sets, it's also fascinating on Twitter this week. Somebody on Twitter, I can't remember what their name is, I'll try and find it out uh, if anyone's interested. They seem to have every edition of Shaun of the Dead on DVD or DVD box set or Blu-ray. It's literally like 30 things. They, they had it all piled up, all the various editions that have been released. And they seem to own every single one. And what was quite fascinating is seeing what movies it had been paired with. You know, like those DVD uh, okay. double, yeah, double yeah. sets. So obviously, the Cornetto trilogy is an obvious one to do. That makes sense. Um, that's fine. But other ones, it's like Shaun... <laughs> other ones, it's like Shaun of the Dead and Land of the Dead. Which is like, okay, I see what you did there. But at so the same Peg time... and are in Land of the Dead, aren't they? Okay. But still, yeah. okay, that makes more sense. But still, that's kind of yeah. mad, isn't it? Because you're like, if you like one of those films, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to appreciate the other yeah. if you don't know what the other one is and you've bought two. Um, that's probably not the best example. There were much better examples of that. But I just f- thought it was fascinating. Like, I don't think I've seen somebody collect something like that, uh, like every single edition of something. It's amazing that there's so many. I mean... What, 2004, I imagine. Pretty too much. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been quite a while, but still, most films don't get released 30 times in 30 different flavors. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, it probably caught the, obviously, it caught the tail end of DVD. Well, I say tail end, but like the, the hype of end. DVD. Hey, the nose end. Halcyon days of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and then Blu ray as well. So it's probably ripe for. For the pick, I and I can't, like find, Sean, I can't find Sean the image the now. As well, it, it's one of those that I think because it crossed all those genres, because it was a horror film, because it was a comedy film, because it was like I bet it's like prime, like Father's Day present as well, and things yeah. like that. Like it's going to yeah. be in all those little it's day before Father's Day, isn't it? And you've forgotten to get your dad something. One DVD seems like low effort, so get him a nice double pack. <laughs> Off the top of your head, then, guys, what is the worst slash best pairing that you would put Shaun of the Dead with. You two, if you had one box set, you're allowed to take Shaun of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead. I mean, they have to be like linked in some way or another. I would probably say the worst box sets, but it would be uh, Run, Run, Fat Boy, Run. No, yeah. that, I enjoy that film. Yeah. It needs to be Simon Pegg, but kind of a shit film. So How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, which is just yeah. not, not a good film. <laughs> 
that's probably the worst one. I mean, the best one would just be Hot Fuzz because as much as The World's End is all right, I think those two films encapsulate everything that's great about Edgar Wright. They're so good. I was just looking at uh, someone posted a GIF earlier. It's from Hot Fuzz. Um, and it's Simon Pegg talking to someone off camera and then they're holding the cake next to his head and he's trying to talk. And his eyes <laughs> just like casually go to him and goes, no thanks. And then back to the front. It's so well like choreographed and put together on the, on the cam on the scene and also the bit i always think of the andes you know yeah. you go off camera and then back oh, yeah. on yeah that's the great thing yes yeah, so I, like, I like the andy i like the andes andy's moment when uh he gets bolognese in his face don't worry yeah. andy it's just bolognese <laughs> that sticks with me <laughs> and uh. the trio of hot fuzz moments my particular favorite part is with jim broadbent saying yeah, the one thing you don't have though, a great big bushy beard. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see, then they see the great big bushy beard dead later yeah. on. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. I'll try and what find, I'll try and find this image though of this uh, Twitter collector guy, uh, just just because I think it's quite fascinating to look at. Uh, so I'll find that and I'll send that to you guys afterwards. In the meantime, uh, if you're. Uh... On the on the Facebook page or on the socials, send in your worst your worst DVD pairings. Yeah, because it, it was a weird thing, wasn't it? Like the double the double box set, like it was almost like a oh a little money saving thing yeah. to get well, two deep, together. Deep, but... deep Boosie and SWAT things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because Samuel Jackson's yeah. in both, and there's a song, a custom song at the end. Oh. The custom oh, song at the end of SWAT they... is about Samuel L. Jackson, the actor, they not were... the character from the film. <laughs> what? I, I think the um, that's the way I watched most of the martial arts movies I watched growing up. They were kind of all bundled in together, a lot of the shit ones, with like, Double Team, all the Jean-Claude Van Damme ones bundled into one DVD yeah. or something. I feel like um, horror movies, is, horror movies like uh, slashers and stuff as well, just like ran yeah. into teen slashers. Uh yeah, it's a good like gateway to other films, I suppose. For Cherry Falls and Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, together <laughs> at last, <laughs> the Dream Team. Uh, yeah, and I guess to moving on from Goodnight Mommy as a remake. Don't know why I keep saying it like that. Uh, Evil Dead. Fede Alvarez is Evil Dead turned eight years old today, and yeah. as he does sort of every year, he shared some more behind the scenes photo photos, including the image of all the characters looking down the well and how they did the setup for that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you saw Bruce Campbell's April Fool's. Uh, um, oh, yeah. The Doctor Strange script. Leaked. Yeah. So yeah. he did like a little Doctor Strange. I mean, it's kind of perfect, you know? I mean, I know. I mean, they should put that in the film. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Because it is Sam Raimi, but pretty fascinating. I saw some fan art as well. Pitting the two characters together. Oh, Did cool. you see this, Andy? That's all. Yeah, the 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 Bruce Campbell Doctor Strange stuff. Yeah. yeah. So Doctor Strange, uh, randomly, I guess there's some sort of mold. There's obviously in the multiverse of madness, there's some jump in between multiverses, and Doctor Strange turns up in a cat outside a cabin in the woods, and then out comes disheveled man with a chainsaw for a hand, um, and they have a little interaction. Very nice. Yeah. Very cool. I, I would kind of like that. You speaking about it being eight years old, my memories failed me. You guys done an episode on the Evil Dead remake? No, haven't we? No, don't think so. So we've done Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. We've done the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, but, but not we, Army we have... of Darkness or the remake. 
But not Army of Darkness or the remake. No, I don't think so. Anyway, Are you sure? <laughs> that, right? That was. They're both brilliant. They're both so good. Yeah, they are really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but just the Evil Dead, Evil Dead too. I kind of yeah. like. I kind of like that when I keep thinking, oh, we haven't done that, we haven't done that, because it just makes you think this podcast still, will, this podcast yeah, will last go. forever. Yeah, <laughs> it will be last here forever. So there's never going to be a day where we go, oh, we've bloody, old. we've only gone and watched all the horror. We've completed it. it. Completed it. Platinum. Completed it. Although, I mean, I've seen so much more than I probably would have if I hadn't been doing a horror movie podcast. Yeah, I, I think any, the I, I really enjoy having film projects. I, if you set aside, say, I'm going to watch all these things, all by this director, or, or like I'm doing like a post-apocalyptic one, or, or like I've been doing this podcast, so there's always something to, to watch. Just having that kind of project, it makes you press play on the things that you maybe would be slightly averse to. Mm. Uh, the Mummy that we did, which um, was amazing, <laughs> but I'm, I'm so glad we watched it. Like It really yeah. kind of forces uh, you to widen your space. <laughs> Yeah, Shin Godzilla. I don't, I don't know if I would have pushed Planet. Yeah, I'd heard, I'd heard quite a lot about it. I'd seen some screenshots. Uh, Andy, you've seen it before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, I really like it. We'll get into it, but um, yeah, it's an odd one. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I wouldn't. There are certain things I wouldn't have watched. And now we've got so many episodes. Like this is episode 174. I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I, I feel like I can just when film twitters have had any sort of discussion about something, I feel like there's a horror hanger episode to post a link to i mean just annoying people yeah but but you know what i mean like going oh yeah i've got got some opinions on that here's a two-hour episode of me chatting about it sorry yeah, yeah. like you're basically we like all and i've only done what a fraction of the episodes with you guys that that you've done but it's nice to have those things in the chat who are you to talk about these well i'll tell you shiny you <laughs> yeah take it. i'll tell you why i'm to talk about this <laughs> You like horror films, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do. There's a YouTube playlist of 174 episodes of me talking about horror movies. Oh, all right. Probably, you could probably sit there for a week back to back and not have heard half of what I've got to say about horror movies, mate. So <laughs> get in the fucking bin. <laughs> <coughs> well, a little while ago, we did work out how many hours worth of podcasts we'd done, but that was a while ago. So maybe we're due. Uh, a, a recount. I have no idea how to do it now, dude, because it's not one hour per episode. Um, well, um, there, because we've got a lovely YouTube playlist. I think I think there's an, uh, a website or an algorithm where you could it'll just top up all the hours for that. Nice. Impressed. Yes, you are. Lovely <laughs> <laughs> uh, metadata. The only other bit of news I've got is that HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us is. Uh, starts filming this July. I kind of thought maybe we'd get it earlier than that, but it's due to wrap 8th of June 2022, so it might be a little while now until we who's do get it. That? Who's who's producing that one? Amazon. Uh, nope, so it's on HBO. HBO. I remember I was listening to an interview with one of the writers who works on the, the Titans, Teen Titans TV show, and he said they will start filming uh, before everything's done. So like they'll still be writing the scripts, and they'll already be filming the episode. So I, I think it might be a lot quicker to turn it around yeah. than than we think. I mean, it might still be next year. You've got to try and do whatever. these things fast, I think, as well while they're while they're super, you know, hot. well they're super hot, right? Because mm. the alternative is you get and we 
talked about some of these last week. If you let things go a bit cold, you get a 302 or the second Sin City that were just yeah. about <laughs> five, ten years yeah. later than, than they would have been ideally. Or we'll see how Uncharted comes out, right? Because it feels like, well, point, famously, yeah. originally, wasn't it going to be Marky Mark Wahlberg was going to be Nathan Drake, but he has aged out of that role and become... <laughs> and become like his father figure Sully. instead. Yeah, it's become silly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nuts. Uh, yeah, should be good there. I'll look forward yeah. to that, no matter what. Uh, so I guess everybody's seen. Moving swiftly on to what you've been watching, we've all seen Godzilla vs Kong, which is kind of the yeah. reason why we decided to do a Godzilla movie. On this I've episode. seen it twice. I know you've seen it twice, Benjamin. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of glad I saw it twice because there were definitely a few things that I probably didn't appreciate as much the first time round, or maybe even things I kind of missed. Uh, yeah. And it it does kind of shine a light on the things you didn't like so much. But you know, for the most part, I think I think it was great. Yeah, I don't don't know if I want to get into too many spoilers for people. Um, but no. the second time. I really appreciated the music. Like, there's a lot of like kind of crazy synth yeah. stuff, like sci-fi synth stuff going on, and it's yeah. it's much. It kind of adds to the flavor of the. I mean, I'd not seen the other MonsterVerse movies apart from Kong Skull Island. Um, this feels quite totally similar to Kong Skull Island, more so yeah. than the others. Now that I've seen them, um, yeah, it's totally insane it feels more comic booky than a lot of comic book movies in some mm. ways yeah um, i wouldn't you wouldn't think it was a weird departure particularly your marvel guys if they were if they turned up in a kong versus godzilla film i think the way they move along the way they hop between locations yeah um you wouldn't think it was strange if those things happened to be in the same setting and i really agree with what you say as well about the music luke i think it gives both of the characters um have got like quite a unique theming about them like i think kong mm. has a lot of like the era specific music to the one where kong stuff. skull island was yeah. was set in so it's got all of that and you know particular key scenes with kong it has that backtrack to it and then the godzilla has like the instrumental like godzilla march theme music that comes in whenever he's uh <laughs> I watched um yeah. there's a couple of really insightful, quite long uh videos on YouTube of the guy, Junkie XL. He did the he did the Batman. I mean, no, not the yeah. Batman. He did the Yeah, Justice, Justice League. League stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he kinda like breaks down it's like a couple of couple of hours worth of him talking about the score and oh, breaking cool. it down. It's really, really interesting. Um so yeah, I recommend that if you if you like the music. I don't. It was it was all kind of orchestral stuff. So I don't know what his his involvement was with the symphony stuff, especially like in the. Well, oh my, almost spoiled something then. Especially yeah. in a certain area of the film, it's very symphony, and that kind of lent to the kind of felt like this adventure and wonder and. I really liked it. Now, so, now yeah. that we mentioned Junkie XL and all these other things, I'm kind of realizing that. His style is a bit of everything. <laughs> like he yeah. seems to have like the orchestral stuff. He even has like uh, heavy kind of rock stuff mm. going on at times, and then and then the synthy stuff as well, which I quite enjoy. But, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, sorry, Andy. He's, be- he's becoming like the go-to guy for like blockbusters right now, isn't he? Yeah, 
Yeah, I thought the music was really good. I was going to say, without going into spoilers with results and so on, which, uh, whose side were you on going in? Because they very specifically in the marketing said that there was going to be a a winner. But who, <laughs> who, who were you... Uh, who were you cheering for in the in the movie? Mm. I don't know if I was really. I mean, the film kind of gets framed in one way to kind of make you lean in one person in person in one one character's favor. Yeah. But I was kind of still a bit like just in awe of the whole thing, really. Like even even like Batman versus Superman. I mean, I do prefer Batman, but I wasn't thinking, yeah, smash Superman's face in. He deserves it. I was still like, ah, Superman, give him a break. Yeah, I in both so Kong for me this time in Batman in the Batman v Superman uh, because they feel like the underdogs. Like mm. it definitely frames Good Kong point, as. Yeah. I mean, especially in that. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything. The first confrontation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to spoil, it, but it it he's out of his element, I guess, is what I'd say. Yeah. Um, also, Kong has like human a human face. And he kind of, he looks like a, just a very muscly, short-legged, no-shinned man. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a lovely he's got beard, a beard as well. now. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He's got like a, he's got quite a shaped beard. Like he's gone to, gone to like yeah. a barber's and got himself a shape and a fade. <laughs> and I, I, I like the way they sort of frame it all with him waking up to the doo-wop music. And he has like a shower, a decompression shower scene at the start. Like there's a waterfall and he sort of presses his hands <laughs> and puts his head into it. <laughs> like it's a cool, cool thing. So I mean, I I just quickly say so. I after watching that, I went back and watched Kong Skull Island again, and then I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. I hadn't seen that one before. Mm. Uh, I didn't watch the Godzilla one with Brian Cranston for some reason. Um, I think I just I don't know I put off of that for some reason, and then I watched uh, Godzilla vs Kong again. I thought I'd take a sideline watch Bad Trip, watch something else to sort of get out of the kaiju mindset. And then I watched uh, Shin Godzilla. So it's been a, it's been a and then, kaiju and you watched week. A, and you watched the new Suicide Squad trailer, which has also got a kaiju in it. Oh, yeah, it so, is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's all happening. Uh, yeah, I, feel, I just feel like, I mean, the only other thing I'll say is I preferred this much more to anything else in the MonsterVerse, really. Um, I kind of just felt, Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters got bogged down with a lot of unnecessary detail and a lot of human characters. And I mean, Kong Skull Island has got even more human characters. And I really did like that, but I felt like it was missing something. I feel like this film just moves along at a breakneck speed. Um, It's loud, it's colourful. I felt like it's really fun. Um, Sure, there are some leaps in logic, but I think if you just kind of forget some big <laughs> leaps in logic yeah yeah don't worry if you about it just forget that because yeah i mean don't worry about it it's big dumb fun but at the same time despite being big dumb fun because there are plenty of big dumb fun movies out there that i dislike it really just felt like it focused on the good things and some of the even some of the human stories were there's like so much more interest in the ones i think we got previously mm-hmm. um i've got to say Island, rewatching it um, I really enjoyed the human stuff with John C. Riley, and uh, oh yeah, I mean that yeah, that's great. I like. The and there's some real there's some real stakes and some peril in it as well because in Kong yeah. Skull Island, there's a large squad of those army guys, and a lot of them get picked off and killed, right, to showcase the, as well. the danger. Yeah. And the, there's quite a bit of a 
you know, there's like a Jurassic, Jurassic Park Lost World feeling about it. You're like you're navigating through this island and people are getting done in. Yeah. Um, which, oddly enough, they were the elements of the Peter Jackson's King Kong that I didn't like as much. Okay. Most because it was yeah. freaking so long. But apart from that, like, um, but yeah, I liked that about Kong Island. But I think you're right, and you missed out on the original run of this monster verse Godzilla, right? And I think that was the thing that of all of them that suffers the most from the the slow pacing of the human characters before anything else can happen. Yeah. If you haven't watched Godzilla at this point, I'd say just watch the last fight. And it's and it's because that's where it all comes together and it's worth it. And that's what you're waiting for. Who's the big bad guy in that one? It's these uh the two mute, big ones called Mutos that stands for something. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh yeah. So and I know you mentioned Bad Trip. Uh Luke, I saw that too. Did you see that, Andy? I'd not go around to it yet, but from your recommendation, I think I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I mean this was something that I wasn't particularly I'd seen a few little bits of promo for it, but I was a bit like uh not quite sure if I'm gonna enjoy that. But then I saw a lot of people posting about it on Twitter, so I thought I'd give it a chance. And I love the Eric Andre show and pretty much anything Eric Andre does anyway. Uh, but yeah, so this is like a, a a movie with real life pranks and real life people in it. But again, this is like in ter- terms of big dumb fun, this is exactly the same, just without kaiju. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. so ridiculous. Like, I was barely laughing to the point where I had to pause the film just because I didn't want to miss anything else. <laughs> Because it was just yeah, like so over the top, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's cringy because you're like, oh my god, it's real people, and how are they going to react? But at the same yeah. time, it's it's just so I mean, well done. If you like the Eric Andre show, you're like, it's just too mental, and this yeah. is this is like a bit more grounded. But yeah. it, if you know his his street pranks that he does, it's basically that, but kind of weaved into a narrative. Uh, mm. So the best thing about those pranks is just. How insane he gets, and the people's genuine reactions of what the ludicrous thing that they're seeing, like the song at the start, and when he breaks yeah. into like a musical song. I had that I song mean, in my head for ages. I mean, it says like, "Oh, from the makers of Jackass and Bad Grandpa." Uh, yeah. I think it's directed by the Jackass director guy, actually, because I saw him oh, in the okay. I saw him in, the, in the credits. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, Eric Andre is a lunatic. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is in it as well, and she's like unrecognizable and legitimately terrifying <laughs> every yeah. time she turns up on screen i'm like shit what's gonna happen but uh yeah there's a few there's a few particular skits in this which will jeff tremaine stick. that's that's the one not jeff tremble ah, okay. Anyway, okay. <laughs> who's that <laughs> i said yeah but i didn't even know what his name was anyway so i thought <laughs> i thought luke's probably got that right i'm sure luke's got that right i just say random shit just to see if you'll agree with it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Terminator 12? Yeah, they love it. They ain't even been made yet, mate. I, I think it's I told like you things like when you're the primary school one. Yeah. The kid at my primary school, I've seen Gremlins 3. His theory was that at the end, the Gremlins are defeated because Gizmo finally cracks the shits and eats them. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I've been, I was, uh, been to America. I saw it over there. The nineties, it's feasible, but there used to be a guy in a in the pub uh, next door to my college who'd come in like selling DVDs, and he'd like advert. If you said any film to him that hadn't been made, he'd be like, "Yeah, I'll get. That. I'll bring that in next week." 
remember it was before Indiana Jones 5 had come out and we were like, well, have you got Indiana Jones 5? And he was like, oh, I'll get it though. I'll get it next week. Well, it hadn't even been made yet, mate. He was like, I'll get it. I'll get it. I know, I know George Lucas. Yeah. Is he involved? <laughs> Seems to be. He's involved somehow. DVD pub man. Yeah. DVD pub man. The pub man in general. Never trust a pub man. Speaking of like things happening like far too late, I remember going around to my friend's house. This is insane. This is Danny Longton's house. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting another mention. This is insane. Around his house, and um, this was would have been like two thousand and five, two thousand six something. His dad had bought um, like a, a DVD burning station, <laughs> and he was going to start selling uh, ripped DVDs. But this was like well past the time that that was a thing. <laughs> Anybody be interested in? <laughs> Why don't you yeah. get on Netflix now, mate? Nah, nah. You want a, <laughs> want a great? You want this rip? Is someone's video recorded it in the cinema? Yeah. X Men Two. Not what? even, not even DVD rips. This is they've they've converted them into VCDs, so it's across two discs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Danny. Uh, it was very funny though at the time. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean that's all I've really seen this week. I've not been going crazy. Are you have you seen much else? Or? Uh, been watching Invincible TV show, which if you're a horror fan, oh yeah, if you're a fan of horror movie movies and gore and stuff, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Um, what else? Uh, oh, oh yes, I saw episode four, Invincible. Um, I'm is still it gone off? off- path now there's, like, there's some some stuff happening that i'm like i don't remember that stuff well i've so only maybe... read the first two volumes so i'm it's already uh, all yeah. new stuff yeah all the all the mars stuff on this week's episode was all brand new to me okay yeah that's that stuff's all there but there's some other little bits uh yeah how are you feeling about it because you weren't so keen on the first two graphic novels were you mm, no I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't too keen. I was just a bit like, uh, it doesn't seem that. It feels a bit. I think I said it was a bit generic, <clears throat> but now I can see the additional details that are making it less generic. And I think you know, a lot. It's a lot more interested now. Yeah, I yeah. think um, a lot more potential. You can already see the way Robert Kirkman tells stories. He just plants so many seeds, and they all like yeah. flower in horrific and horrendous ways at some point in the story. Yeah, looking forward to, to yeah. watching more of it, definitely. Cool. What about you, Andy? Um, very little, other than, um, you know, just the the film of the week and Kong versus Godzilla. Um, other than that, like, been taking advantage of the fact that weather's been a bit nice and been, uh, been out and about a little bit. But uh, there's a plenty to catch up on, but not very much... Else, certainly, that's even remotely connected to horror. Recently, catching a bit of um, doing a bit of book editing, watching some Jonathan Creek. But you know, apart from those horrors of murders, and then occasionally thinking, the person that wrote Jonathan Creek definitely is a real comics fan because there's loads of real subtle comics. They're not subtle anymore, but at the time it was written, they would have been obscure comic references. (laughs) But now, things like Black Canary and stuff like that are fairly top of mind. It's like. Oh wow! Yeah, he yeah. knows. Nothing Good specific. Times. Just, uh, just <laughs> lots of kaiju. Yeah, just lots of kaiju, and 
today, uh, this week's film, Shin Godzilla. What does the Shin mean? Thematically, I was gonna look. I was gonna look that up, and then I and then I haven't. So uh, talk about yourself. First time. First time I, I realized that Gojira wasn't a different kaiju. I thought he was because I've not seen all these Godzilla, especially the old films. Um, and I was like, oh, Gojira must be one of. He must be King Ghidorah's uncle or something. Gojira. <laughs> but no, that's uh, just the Japanese way of saying. Well, it's Godzilla. directed by. Um, it's directed by Shinji Higuchi. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's gone. Oh, it's directed by two Same people, it. actually. Same director himself. Uh, who, <laughs> was, who was Godzuki? Was he like a little a little baby one? Godzuki was the animated like son of God. Well, I think he was meant to be like his nephew or something in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Nephew. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like a little tiny baby flying Godzilla. So I found a little but picture he's, of him. He's basically the scrappy-doo of, of Hanna-Barbera yeah. Godzilla cartoons. Godzuki. There you go. Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla was chosen oh, yeah. for the film See. because variety of meanings it conveys either new, true, or god. Well, that works on all three levels. Yeah, complicated language, more complicated than I can possibly learn from this quick Google search. Godzuki. There's the a little is, picture of god, um, Godzuki I've just sent you in the chat. Yeah, I used to watch the cartoon. <laughs> Mostly, he was the one that would be. Oh, that! That's not Godzuki. That's the son of Godzilla or Minilla, I think oh. he's sometimes called. Well, it's it's just saved as on, on Google when I searched Godzuki, he came up and the image is tagged as ugly fat noob. <laughs> 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 Give a break. Give Godzuki yeah. a little break. Image though. It looks like a I sea lion or something. Without I don't have um I don't have it on <laughs> I've only got my phone here, but I'll hold up Godzuki. Look at him getting a tell in. Oh, Godzilla yeah, yeah, there, yeah. he's like, no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's also Pete's magic dragon, I think. Yeah, it Godzuki. is. Looks They're the similar. Same, there he is again. Look, Godzuki's got Godzuki wings. Godzilla. Why's God? Why's Godzuki got wings and Godzilla not got wings? It's Godzilla male or female or asexual, as he was in the original, the original they, Godzilla. They film. always <laughs> refer to Godzilla as a he. Yeah. But um, if you really want to make angry people angry on t- Twitter, by all means, say that they're. Uh, You'll, you'll be full of followers of people going rah, 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 at you. Mm. Because, yeah, oh, it's like thinking that technically, <laughs> it's like a legendary Pokemon and they're technically genderless. Yeah, okay. Technically um, genderless, Godzilla. <laughs> like, right, here, here we yeah. go. So, what is it? <laughs> Shin Godzilla is a 2016 Japanese kaiju film directed by Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi. Uh, well, it's a really brief synopsis here. Japan is plunged into <laughs> chaos upon the appearance of a giant monster. It's very on, on point, though. Um, That's what it does. Has it at 6.8 Rotten Tomatoes. Critic score is a whopping 86%. The uh, audience score, slightly more reserved, 74%. Letterbox has it at 3.8, which is pretty good for a Letterbox score. Foggy. Over on Letterboxd says, wasn't really paying attention. Not enough shins. Five stars. So he, <laughs> he was, liked it, I think. Um, Chloe, but I want to die. Half a star. She wasn't feeling it. Oh. Um, it must be shit Godzilla, says Tuna Han Tuna. The worst CGI ever. Half a star. And uh, last one, Dylan Battersby. But this to me is exactly what a Godzilla film should be. 
five stars. So mixed, mixed, yeah, mixed bag. Um, I mean, the CGI wasn't that bad. No, some bits were better than others, but you know, for the most part, it looked. It's just it's so good. With Japanese films. There's there's a different stylistic thing happening. The CGI in this looks a lot like the CGI in a lot of Japanese films, recent films anyway. But also, I don't think they know what color grading is in in Japan. They don't seem to color grade films in the same way that we do in in the Western world. Like we have like whole um, palettes. En- yeah, engineers. And yeah, exactly. It's like a whole art form in itself. Um, but all Japanese films kind of look similar. They kind of have that, uh, like, what's the word? Um, un, oh, it's, like, it's like raw, raw video footage, lag footage, I, I think. Yeah. I know what you mean. It almost it almost made this feel like, a bit like a documentary. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of worked in, in some ways for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, Andy, you mentioned before that we might not be able to uh, do a review slash discussion of this in the usual format. Just because, obviously, in terms of plot, I mean, it's quite obviously there's a plot, but in, in terms of it's quite a lot pacey, of, it moves with a lot of the discussion so fast. Very pacey. Also, whether you're dubbed or subbed, you kind of need to be paying attention. Like, yeah, which one did you? What, what did you go for? So I, I went. For, I always I go subbed. subbed. Uh, yeah, I tend to always go subbed. Yeah, I went the same. I this is one of these. I even own an old school physical media. And in the DVD oh, wow. of uh, Shin Godzilla, you get you get two discs, and you get the original Japanese cut, but you get a and you get like a US release as well. So you get the choice. I haven't actually ever put the other one in to see if it's automatically dubbed into. Uh, so you watch the Japanese one, which I watched the I watched the original cut for mm. for today. I will. I think I might experiment with the with the other one a little bit later. Mm. Uh, yeah. So obviously. This is kind of like Godzilla turns up, but it's basically it's basically like a hyper realistic government um, reaction and subsequent yeah. Uh, yeah fight back against kind of against a fallout and how it all responds. And I don't know about you guys, I was watching this thinking, imagine if this happened here, especially after the results of what last year was like with with COVID and so on. Imagine if. We were just sitting here in in Bristol, Ben, and then out of the bay, you know, a little bit of water that isn't technically the sea that's between, you know, Bristol and Wales, outside Western. Bristol Channel. Yeah, if if Godzilla just rocked up in there and then came out, we'd be all long dead before before the Prime Minister had finished prattling on in Greek on the TV. If, if Godzilla rocked out and just went to trash Western Supermare, I think probably for the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm obviously joking. I would not like that to happen. I mean, it just it smashed the uh, Western Superman Grand Pier to bits. Although that caught on fire a number of years ago, anyway. So it's uh, uh it's used to it, you know. <laughs> it's used to it. Uh, but yeah, I did think that, and maybe it wasn't quite. I said hyper realistic, but maybe it wasn't entirely realistic of how governments would work in terms of making decisions, definitive decisions, yeah. quickly. Um, don't seem to be too much faffing about, you know. As soon as people decided this is the course of action we're going to take, uh, they did. So that was quite impressive. But it did make me think: do governments work like this, or is there a lot of just infighting and 
disagreement. And... Yeah, well, I don't know. I've never been in, in Japanese government or had to deal with them, but like there were bits of it that did kind of ring very true as to how I have seen things operate in Japan. Um, have you guys ever been? No, no. Oh, I've never been to Japan. I've been, I've been a couple of times. Um, once when we when we lived over in Korea, so obviously it was pretty close. We went a couple of times while we were over there anyway. And then we went uh, 2019 when the, when the rugby was on. And this is what reminded me of it. So we were there in Tokyo when there was that huge typhoon. Um, there was like a huge typhoon. There was an earthquake that hit on the same day. So, you know, really serious things that were going on. Um, but it's a country of like extreme organization. So there are little things that really strike me. I think you mentioned, Ben, that there are some things that are just actual footage. And I wouldn't be surprised in some cases because there's those bits, there's a little bit later on in the film when they're managing an evacuation. There's these little vehicles that are driving around with speakers that are giving announcements to people. And I saw those in the run up. So the typhoon was due to hit the next morning. Oh, wow. And there were literally these cars going around the streets and we, everyone was just finishing up their business. Everyone was just doing things. But the people were coming around the streets, giving people like announcements of what they needed to do and everything like that to be safe. And then there was this typhoon, like I say, an earthquake hit during the day. We didn't know until we looked that there'd been an earthquake. But um, just felt like things are shaking. And we realized that the, that it wasn't just like, you know, someone was knocking the table or something. There was an earthquake happening. Oh, shit. So this, it was a terrible, terrible storm that was going on all day. So it really hit the city where we were at about, um, I think it was like eight o'clock in the morning it came. We'd been out very briefly just before it started, before we went in. And we saw, you know, the the famous like um, Shinjuku crossing with all the different zebra crossings mm -hmm. going the different ways. I have a video on my phone. I'll um, I'll send it to you guys of us just there on the morning this typhoon was going to hit. And there was basically this thing that's usually so busy had us and a couple of other stupid foreigners that were out there to have a look at it. Um, otherwise, no people at all, completely abandoned. Everything is closed up. So then we went inside. There's a <clears> terrible <throat> rainstorm for the night before. And then the next morning is exactly like in this film where some terrible things happened. There's been loads of damage to loads of places. But the next morning, almost everything is normal. And it's the same in this film where Godzilla attacks and then he goes back into the sea. And then the next day, it's like people are cleaning up and there's people out for their morning runs and the trains are running again. And it was exactly, exactly the same the following morning. So the storm broke late that evening on the first night. And we went out the next morning for a run in this park. And literally there was the old fella there just sweeping up the leaves that were the last of the debris. And it oh was like, God. yeah, bag all that up. And it is so well <laughs> organized. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, oh, just put this rubbish away. Just another yeah. Godzilla attack. You know, we can't let life grind to a halt with these Godzilla attacks, okay? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it struck yeah. me as like maybe, you know, obviously Godzilla's a bigger deal than a typhoon, I guess, but it did strike me that I think that might be just the way their their mm. systems work for this type of mm -hmm. yeah. disaster. The, the UK, it would take five years to get back to normal. Uh, there would be a lot of people out there not believing it and just go, no. I'm gonna go out and have a look for myself. Squash. You get Godzilla. But yeah, I guess there are, you could almost cut the film into 
sections, it would be almost impossible unless we had extensive notes to really go into mm. each of the things. But I guess you could break it down by Godzilla attack, right? So the beginning one, it starts like within five minutes, right? It's Well, yeah, so there's a boat out in the water. For some reason, it's unmanned and they're talking about it and having a meeting about it. Um, and then our main guy, I don't know his name, his name yeah, is so it's, it's diff- Rando, it's Yaguchi. Rando Yaguchi. Rando Yaguchi. Deputy, Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary. So obviously it's hard to do a character breakdown because there's so many people involved in this. But yeah. obviously there is the Prime Minister. There's like an aide to the Prime Minister. Um, then there's a team of like the ministers who are all um, the immediate team of the Prime Minister. Yeah. Uh, army dudes and, and ladies. Yeah. Uh, and then there's it's like a volunteer group of experts that form later, like the like the yeah s- volunteer self defense force, like the disaster recovery group. Yeah, yeah. and then there's Ke- Keoko, who I think is like a she's Japanese, but she's a, a connection to the even United if States. I didn't have subtitles on, even when she's speaking English, I'd need subtitles on because that <laughs> it was she flips it's like so she flips 50, so fast yeah. in language. Yeah. I saw the actress was saying, um, so Satomi Ishihara, who's the actress that plays Keiko, like when she got the part, I read a quick bit of a snippet that said like she despaired because the she had to flip languages so quickly, like yeah. mid scene in character. It must have been so hard. She's supposed to be she is American fluent with like the Americans. Like she's she's supposed to be talking to Americans and like she's over in Japan. Yeah, bridging the gap. It, there are there are some American characters, just occasionally, aren't they? Who turn yeah. up and speak nothing but English, and you're like, "All right, all yeah. right, mate." Just and then the there's Japanese like characters Angela Merkel speak type too, people then. as well. What was that? Yeah, German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of it is just meetings, <laughs> a lot of meetings of like how to deal with certain things. But yeah, it, it, this is another thing that moves at breakneck speed. You know, you feel like you're kind of along for the ride um, of how quickly they need to react to certain things happening. And how did um, you take those meetings? I'm not sure. Do you feel it's intentionally funny, or does it come up? Because I found it quite funny. I think it was like watching an episode of The Thick of It, and yeah. I didn't understand what they were talking yeah. about. Um, I think I just don't. I just didn't get the joke. I think it was comedy, but I just was not sure what the joke was <laughs> i definitely felt the thick of it but at the same time i thought it's kind of ridiculous how many meetings they're having but at the same time i kept yeah. thinking i bet it is like that <laughs> you, you know when they're... down these like the corridors of power saying okay there's going to be a meeting in five minutes and then they have this huge briefing and say okay everyone let's go to the actual meeting room <laughs> yeah where we're <laughs> going to have the real meeting yeah and this <laughs> yeah. is where we have like our so um yaguchi I mean, I can't... is coming up with the plan saying, oh, I think, like, because there's been this vent of steam coming out of the water and no one knows what it is. And he's saying, oh, it could be a creature. And everyone goes, oh, no, it's not going to be a creature. And he's saying, oh, it is, though. And now we're going to go to the meeting. And he says it out loud again, oh, it could be a creature, though. And everyone goes, oh, like, don't mess around because these meetings, <laughs> we take minutes of these meetings. Don't mess around. Don't, he, he generally says, like, oh, don't joke because we take minutes of these meetings. And it's going to be on the record that you've said that stupid thing. And then seconds later, they put the TV on and the tail comes out of the water. And yeah. it's like, oh. Well, I do like, there, are, there are a couple of moments like that where 
people do say that's impossible that would never happen don't be so ridiculous and they're kind of they get their comeuppance like immediately which i kind of <laughs> thought was quite was quite refreshing to see people have that immediate reaction of going oh my god i've just made an absolute tit of myself it is a giant <laughs> monster after all and you feel kind of bad for the yeah. prime minister, right? Because basically all these people are there and say, okay, it could be this, but it's not that. And it could be this, it's not that. So now you have to make a decision and you've got to make it now. And this and it right cuts now. to this prime minister who's always just like... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? He's a what? I mean, the tale as well, like it's not a tr- what you would consider the traditional Godzilla tale either, is it? It's kind of like, it's sort of bulbous at the end and then a bit spiny. It's Isn't it rather than as well? It yeah. feels like the tail is the length oh, of the entire oh, body. Sometimes I think it was a different kaiju. Like the way it was framed, you see Godzilla and the skyscrapers, and then another giant thing behind him, and it took me a moment to go, oh, that's just a tail. Like it's so long and so far away. Yeah. Yeah. So... I liked all the stuff around, because this doesn't really come across in any of the other Godzilla stuff I've seen, is that he's uh, radioactive. Like he he is kind of destroying. The longer he's in these places, like he's boiling the water around him as he's, he's coming yeah. out, um, and there was they, they talk about how he's irradiating like the landscape as he sort of passes through. Mm. So, yeah, I don't think we get any of that in because they do because they kind of they work out quite quickly, don't they? That his trail of destruction after his first attack um, follows the route of what was it like new. <laughs> What's this it? is when Follows... he's all bug-eyed and he hasn't got his arms yet. Is that right? And he's bleeding yeah. out his gills. This is when yeah, he's like yeah. just coming along and they get some of the whatever he's gobbing out everywhere. And this so is in... the one where I think this in the is... Screenshots I'd... Sorry, about Sorry. In the screenshots where I'd seen him looking like this, I didn't think that was Godzilla. I thought it was like the villain of this film or something else. Yeah. Because he's, a... he's a... a bug-eyed freak. Um, <laughs> he's a bug-eyed freak, and I'm like, oh bloody hell! And he's yeah. So as you said, blood all coming out of his gills. Um, he's just a big lumbering, lumbering around on all fours. Well, his belly really, isn't he? Causing a hell of a lot of damage. And he's a lot more. He's lumbering, but he seems like uh, just a bit of an idiot, just smashing everything down. Don't really care. Quite clumsy. Yeah. Clumsy, I think yeah. this is where the this is maybe one of the bits for me where the effects do let it down a little bit. It's the eyes that do it. It's like the goggly eyes on this goggly first eyes, Godzilla yeah. model. That must have been a design cho- like it must have been on purpose. They're like the eyes of a trout. They're not like yeah. evil mecha I mean uh, <laughs> mega lizard monster eyes. Um also he kind of just runs and he just he's not really sort of attacking the town he's just tripping up on it over and over again he's just sort of t- stumbling into everything he's just smashing things going get out me way yeah he's just trucking along in the town what, it does make him feel more like an animal rather than a sentient kind of uh cool guy that we know from the other media <laughs> yeah. and that's what he is like from like what godzilla would become so from like the original like 1953 4 nature's revenge for people using nuclear weapons effectively mm. um where you know the original godzilla film is like that story is like a horrific thing and then over time he would become more more humanized i guess until you have like the films of the 60s and 70s where you know he's friends with kids and he comes to save <laughs> people from he, he comes to save people from 
other bad monsters or alien invasions or from it feels like obviously even the americanized monsterverse movies have got like a weird relationship they can't quite decide what kind of relationship they have with godzilla obviously in king of the monsters he's treated like a savior protector of the human race um and then pretty quick sharp in godzilla versus kong he's he's the opposite so so it seems like whatever the plot whatever he's needed for for the plot is what he mm-hmm. is essentially it's not like yeah but you're right in this yeah. one like luke says he's it is very much like this animal has come out of the sea and it's right now it's kind of aimlessly just trucking along so it's forced all the water and the boats out of the river and then it's just crawl they they that's another of those things ben where it's like oh well it part it, even if it comes out of the water it won't sustain its own weight so it'll just crush itself under its weight and die so it'll be fine and then a moment later it's it's out <laughs> yeah. and it's crawling along there are so many moments like that where you know don't worry it'll be fine because this will happen or that'll happen no godzilla freak of nature uh they've got they do keep mentioning that they've got no data because they are kind of they bring in like various different um experts yeah, uh, marine life experts, zoologists, and stuff. <laughs> what do you think? And... I don't know. What do you <laughs> yeah. think? Well, I'm not going to make. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because it will affect my. Uh, they affect their careers, and that's it, isn't yeah. it? They bring all yeah. these experts in, and basically they're all paralyzed by. Well, I'm not going to make you a prediction because I've got no data, and I'm not going to put my reputation on the line mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. I don't want to be the credi- Michael Fish of credibility. Godzilla. Yeah, my credibility will be down the pan if I go. Ah, it's just a big old iguana. It'll be fine. Just get him back in the river, lure him in there with a bit of fish or something. It'll be fine. Nope. But, uh, they don't do that, which I guess is part of the reason why then um, Yaguchi just, like, he goes off and he starts to just gather on purpose and it's after Godzilla's gone back into the water. But they start to gather the people who they know are very knowledgeable from all these different fields of science and military and civil service and all those things, but they find people who are recognized as being like rebels and outcasts because they, yeah. these are people who don't have a good reputation to, to ruin, but will actually go for it with this, you know, with the experiment. One of those people, I noticed that I recognize a few of the actors and that from various of the films. So one of the, um, the guys <laughs> in that crew, I can't remember they call themselves is Shinya Tsukamoto. He's a director of Tetsuo the Iron Iron Man and uh, Bullet oh, wow. Ballet and a few okay. various bits and pieces. Um, yeah, I reckon there's a couple of people. There's the guy, he's in a couple of Sion Sono's films. Um, why don't you play in hell? Um, yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> so a lot of actors, but I, I imagine there's more sort of famous people in there that we just don't know. Uh, but... Probably ha- probably our household names in Japan. I think the yeah. like the Japanese version of the Academy. I think this one best movie, best director. Okay, yeah. So there'll be there'll be there'll be big names. I oh, imagine wow. we just don't we just don't see them. Uh, have any of these actors yeah. appeared in previous? What was like the because this is something that I'm not I'm not an expert on. So I understand that this is another like a reboot of the franchise essentially, mm-hmm. isn't it? A franchise would have been like what. 30 odd yeah, Japanese I think, Godzilla I movies. I think Godzilla is the longest running movie franchise in terms of entries. I think there are more Godzilla films than there are Bond movies, especially if you count the 
American Monsterverse ah, okay. ones. So it says but, this is the thirty-first installment of the Godzilla franchise, the twenty-ninth Godzilla film produced by Toho Pictures, um, and it's their third reboot of the franchise. Yeah. And the first film in the franchise is Reiwa period. So I think Reiwa is the current era of Japanese's Japanese's <laughs> of Japan's <laughs> official calendar. So it began on May May twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah. So Shin Godzilla is a new continuity for them, I think. And as you say, Ben, they've had a couple. So there's the original Godzilla um, that eventually would become people's friends and so on. There is a point in that series, I think, when it is rebooted and he becomes a villain again. I think the 90s, sort of late 80s, early 90s, when that comes about, where he's kind of a villain, then comes back and again sort of fights other monsters. There is a point where it's it's linked back to King of the Monsters, the, um, you know, the, the Monsterverse one where he gets like supercharged. The only yeah. difference being that original Godzilla melts down and then the baby Godzilla that um, you brought a picture up of earlier on <laughs> grows into a fully grown Godzilla and is the new one. Um, so but can... yeah, they've had, they've had a number of continuities. <laughs> I think the last continuity ended with Godzilla Final Wars, which if you watch just one of the newer Japanese ones, that is a round-the-world tour de force. All the monsters that have been in the previous series, including the Matthew Broderick American Godzilla, really? um, is in it very briefly. Why? Yeah, regular Godzilla smashes him into the Sydney Opera House and blows him up. <laughs> um, as, a, as a quick aside on this I one, um, you'll, have to look up the, you'll have to look up the actual story, but there is a story of when the, the Sony Pictures guys did the first American take of Godzilla... For the you know the 2000 film and they they showed it to the studio heads at toho so they they brought it and they had it um so say like the model of the godzilla they were going to do a statue almost like that ronaldo stat cristiano ronaldo statue underneath like a <laughs> yeah. like a cloth and they were going to unveil it to them yeah. and the stories are that they they pulled the sheet off and unveiled the the godzilla statue what they sent it to like and apparently there was silence in the room for over a minute just these people just like what the fuck yeah and obviously you know, we, you know we've done the we've done these you know we've done these episodes you know how uncomfortable dead air time is imagine that sat there for a minute in absolute silence before they said like oh maybe come back tomorrow and we'll <laughs> and we'll have some comments about it then uh, and eventually, you know eventually it went committed on to it then yeah, eventually it went on ahead, and it, probably to do with money and contracts and so on. But apparently they hated it. They hated it a lot. But I can't remember what it they're looks very, like. They're very, very polite. Just trying it's to. It's just find. got like a big, very head, very iguana, um, very sort of just, just a big rectangular head, big old chin, Bruce Forsyth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's kind of all I remember. Um, and the body was quite slight, wouldn't it? So the head was big, but the body was quite long and. It looks more slim. Yeah, uh, more dressy parky. I tell you yeah. what, though, God, he looked good in cartoon form. I always thought. Yeah. I don't know if you the guys animated ever saw series the... that came afterwards it used to be on a didn't it used to be serialized on like breakfast TV, like the yeah. Sky, a few I think. minutes a day. Yeah. yeah, it was good. I liked it, and yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it just it had it had more of a style where it, in animated form it looked like it was a stylized, you know. A design choice rather than in the film where it just looked a bit clunky and wrong. 
my favorite Godzilla, and I'll apologies for anyone on the audio version, but for the the sound version, I love 60s, 70s Godzilla. Look at his eyes here. Yeah, friendly he looks. <laughs> oh yeah, he's hella friendly. He looks Is that the he's one kind of little frog head? In the Congress of Godzilla, I saw a clip of um, Godzilla shoving a tree, uh, King Kong shoving a tree in Godzilla's mouth. Oh, yeah. Is that is that 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 King Kong? That's I mean, that Godzilla. slightly slightly bef- that one's a slightly <laughs> earlier one, and then it became this one in years that come by. This is classic, like Godzilla versus Megalon, destroy all monsters, terror of Mecha Godzilla era. Yeah. Era Godzilla, and those are some quality outings where he has. We talk about Godzilla versus Megalon, where um, the vengeful people of Seatopia have unleashed their god Megalon to take revenge on the people of Earth, and um, Gigan comes from space to team up with him. And Godzilla's he's getting he's getting double teamed, two against one. It's not fair. So the robot Jet Jaguar programs himself to grow. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, and becomes giant so they can fight against him. There's a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode on it. So, so good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, this isn't that. This isn't this isn't your daddy's Godzilla, in Shin Godzilla. <laughs> this is the big horrible one that's going along the floor. Um, we see him evolve in the first instance, right? So he's coming the along. Come the little arms come out, and he stands up straight for the first time, just as the Japanese military have sent their helicopters. And again, politically, this is difficult because I imagine they they reference this. There are certain rules they have to follow as the result of um, you know post-war treaties, right? They have to have certain things to legally be able to deploy um, the military. But they eventually yeah. declare the appropriate emergency and they have to act first before they're allowed to ask the US for any support. So they send out these helicopters and they are lined up with Godzilla, who has just stood up for the first time, and they're preparing to fire, but then they see that some people haven't evacuated yet, so they have to mm. they have to stop and not fire because there's a yeah. huge focus on 
the safety of people, right? Yeah, and then and again, it's all about the red tape and the uh, the government red tape that they need to pass through before they can do pretty much anything and how many people need to authorize certain things there's like this chain of command isn't there um which keeps feeding back to uh, the prime minister who needs to give things the okay or the no okay uh and to be <laughs> fair there are a few moments where i thought oh he's just gonna say fire anyway but he does stop them so you know he's yeah. got his head screwed on he does and again this is one of these moments when i'm watching this saying wouldn't happen here. We'd all be dead. They'd have blown <laughs> us all up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just will, London, mate. will Will London be okay? Well, if you blow him up now, you will cause a bit. London probably. Oh, do it. <laughs> ah, do it. Be all right. Wanna? Yeah, do it. Well, are we in a bunker? Yep. Do it. Yeah, but this yeah. this prime minister doesn't, and um, and he's probably right to because they're not in an actual fight with Godzilla right now, and he goes off back into the sea and disappears. So he goes back into yeah. the sea because he overheats. Is that right? Yeah, he used up all his energy evolving. Yeah. It's like when you're, you know, if you've been battling with your Pidgeotto for a while and he's, um, you know, he hits that level and he, he evolves, you still need to get him back to the Pokemon Center to recover him before you can... <laughs> he's not going to get a full a full heal from that. So, um, so yeah, he long, goes to have a little rest. How how long after it goes back into the sea until it comes back? How how much time goes by? I can't really. It's a matter of days, right? Because this is when they're getting all of the they're getting all of the first initial reaction, and they're starting to be able to formulate plans. And this is mm. also when our um, when Kyoko first turns up from the U.S. embassy and um, points out that they can cooperate on it and they can work on these things together and they can share resources. And she pairs up with Yaguchi um, because um, the actual prime minister's aide, whose name is Hideki Akasaka, he's, he, he doesn't want to pet. He doesn't want to team up with her. He's not going to work well. So he's suggested that she works with Yaguchi instead. Mm. Um, so, so this is where you get this international in, involvement here. Team of the U S like the U S forces are, in Japan, aren't they? It's not like they're coming over yes, from the, the US. They're, they're already in Japan. I think, I think Kyoko is like a special envoy. So she, she's American-Japanese, but primarily she is um, an employee of the US government because there's later there's insinuations that she has designs on being the president before she's 40. Oh, yeah. yeah. The president, president of America. Too. Yes. Yeah, but she is. But her her grand. She mentions a few times Japan is her grandmother's country. She does speak Japanese, but yeah, it's a language that she's learned because again, there's another section when she says, "Oh, I'm not as used to speaking in formal form. Do you mind if we speak informally?" Um, mm. While yeah. they're going through some plans pretty quickly, so she is American Japanese. She lives in America. She's a U.S. citizen and works for the U.S. government, but obviously has. Japanese heritage. Yeah. Mm. So she's the one who says there's a zoologist. That boat, I think it's that boat that was empty. The, the boat in the dump, beginning. Belongs yes. to Goro Maki, who study who's kind of was studying Godzilla before anyone else cared or, or Yeah, he was he was investigating this stuff before any before anything else. And I think this is at the time where we only find out that Oh, those pesky, those pesky Americans—they've been dumping nuclear waste oh, in the yeah. sea, haven't they? 
and something's been feeding on it, which is what they now believe yeah. to have created a Godzilla. Which is why um, they have an interest in fixing it. And is it around about now that they decide to name him Godzilla and you know the media are talking about him yes. as well? She brings the fact that there is an that they introduce as Godzilla first and then he notices that Godzilla was an American name that that um, the scientist gave to him, but he also wrote it down in um in Japanese as Gojira, which yeah. he mentions was like is like you know the new god or something along those lines, right? Yeah, a new god. Yep. Uh, uh, so Goromaki, they also get this big. It looks like it's a big like a free piece of paper, and it's covered in. Do you remember like when you were kids and you used to get little spirals? Spirograph. Like, Spirograph. It looks like he'd been at it with a load of Spirograph pens. Red and blue and stuff. You've been out um, on this boat on this I can't, make, I can't make sense of this. I can. It's a load of spirographs. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Um, Should go back and like tell my mum, yeah, I'm, just, like I'm making plans for beating Godzilla's. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone understands it initially, though. And right no, they can't. so. It's, yeah. it's not for a while before we get to understand this. And again, because it's so hard to look at this chronologically... Um, eventually they do work out with a combination of the German people, the German like science experts lending them their supercomputers and working out that there's some origami folded um, like a crane on on Goro's desk is they work out that actually it's a puzzle all together because this is a scientist who's pig sick of it um, doesn't he because he's he he decided he hates people after all because his wife died of radiation sickness and he hates people who use nuclear power or would stand for nuclear weapons. So basically he has all this stuff and he's found Godzilla and he disappears. I assume he's killed himself on his boat, I guess, or has just gone, you know, or at least faked his death and disappeared. And he leaves he leaves his encrypted research with a note that says, do what you want. You know, either fix it or or don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they realise the origami stuff just yet. I think that's, that's much. Hard. It's yeah. much much yeah. later, but it's just it's so hard to weave it in in the right place, right? Because all these threads go along at the same time. Yeah. Also, I mean, I don't. What? So you just fold the paper in different ways, and it makes words. I think it makes more <laughs> sense. The lines and the connections between them become more evident if you folded the paper in the right way. But when it's well, I mean, that just works. flat. How do you choose how to fold it? It's, <laughs> it's like that thing that you used to do in school. Uh, well, yeah. probably not me, but yeah. the, with the answers and the yeah, yeah. the little... What, what is that thing even called? <laughs> I can't remember it's called. Um... And the answer is always, you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need one, two... Oh, choose a number of oh, four. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Oh, choose a colour. Red. Oh, it means I have to punch you in the face now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like, oh, no, 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 try again. It's not, try it again. It's not always a punch in the face. Oh, it's kicking the balls this time, though. <laughs> <the balls. laughs> yeah, I've, that's a pretty extreme version. I think mine was pretty tedious. Something like, oh, it says, oh, you like chips? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, I do. You're into a, that's right. You went to a, no. a nicer school than I did then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Or just full of idiots. That's all it was. You like chips? I do like chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. Bye. <laughs> it's like it was, if someone wipes a dandelion on you and it goes, yeah, it means you are going to wet the bed. I don't, I don't, want that kind of, <laughs> don't want that kind of pressure. Did you guys ever yeah. do that thing where you hold a buttercup under yeah. someone's chin? So oh, you like, you like butter? Yeah, who doesn't? That's why everyone's <laughs> oh. chin lights up yellow. Turns out you don't like butter. What? <laughs> Turns out you're radioactive. This buttercup knows me better than I know myself. Yeah, someone does it on a cloudy day. You get home, no, no yeah. butter for me on my sandwiches from this day forward, mother. I do not like Dry, butter. The driest sandwiches possible, please. I, butter is one of the best. I think it was in Parks and Rec where Andy... Chris Pratt realizes that all of his favorite foods have butter on it, and then he realizes that butter is his favorite food. Yeah. <laughs> it's great food. Um, so Godzilla attacks a second time. He's like twice the size or something now. He's got his uh, back spikes. I think there's an actual name for those. Um, dorsal fins. Dorsal fins. Yeah. yeah. They look more back like back spikes. Back, back spikes. <laughs> back spikes. Uh, he looks a he, lot more Godzilla-y now, right? Yeah, he looks yeah. a lot more Godzilla-y, but like kind of horrible, I guess. Like, I mean, he's never looked particularly lovely, but he looks a lot more like. Yeah. Uh, how can you describe him? Like a crusty, crusty old he's turd. Like, he's not like the friendly Godzilla we've been talking about. He's like a mean Godzilla. He's the meanest of all the Godzillas. I think he he's ever got a so nice mean. Face. He's and and like. In, and in terms of like destructive capabilities, it's like off the off the charts. Well, he hasn't even of... he hasn't even unleashed them yet. So right now he comes out of the sea, and basically now the military do mobilize and say, right, this is the line. He cannot cross this river into the main part of Tokyo because they've established he's radioactive. And if he comes to try and if he's been eating radioactive material, and he comes to try and eat a power station, then it will be devastating um mm. so he's on he's walking away and they're, they're setting up all of their military defenses right so they have helicopters they have planes in the air they've got like a whole wall of tanks and this is where we have a big action beat of getting ready for like the ultimate battle against him that's like a really sustained military operation and yeah the music really takes a turn here as well like it turns into like really guitar driven like yeah, uh, yeah, trying to get everyone pumped up. Come on, we're gonna come on, Godzilla. You ain't got a chance against us. But he's he still got kind of googly eyes. I'm just looking at pictures now. I mean, they're not they're they're still the same size. I think because they're, they're like much smaller in comparison. <laughs> yeah, and they're less Everything's googly. Evolved, they look but more like psychopathic kind of. I'm gonna stab you when you're not looking. Eyes. He, do you know what? Yeah. He does come across as a bit of a psycho because yeah. his eyes his eyes are tiny. Well sort of tiny and sort of uh, there's something weird about them but he stands still a lot doesn't he yeah, yeah. and when he stands like still, still. Yeah. it's almost like he's yeah something about him is a bit like Michael Myers oh you're um, you're a wrestling fan Ben he's like the undertaker you know and people go and give yeah. him a punch and he doesn't even flinch he's like that but with against helicopters <laughs> sits yeah. up does, does that does that sit up straight from there yeah yeah because he's he's basically we know that Godzilla evolves and while he's been underwater it would appear he's made made his way to evolve to be invincible as best he can. Because yeah. we yeah. start with helicopters and they use their and 
all the all the weapons and the tanks and the names of the vehicles appear to appear in Japanese and very quickly flash up in English on the screen as well. So, like they're really cataloging this stuff, but they fire their weapons like right in his face, and it doesn't do anything. And then they fire a bigger gun Ow. in the face, and it doesn't do anything. And then they really go for it, and they're literally blasting all the missiles, blasting all the tanks, and they're really getting them. There's just like yeah, a big explosion around his head. There is a bit where. They they need like permission from the prime minister to pretty much use every different type of weapon, and at the end, and after about three or four times, he just goes, "I give you permission to use any type of weapon. Just stop <laughs> asking me. Just use any weapon you want." Yeah, uh, and then is this when the U.S. turn up as well? This is after they're, they've, they've done that. Drones. They're basically they've they've basically done all they've they've blasted yeah, it, right. everything they've got, and he's basically carried on walking. In the last load shot, he just like knocked the bridge over and started crushing the tanks, and he's gone through their de- line of defense. And then they say, "Okay, right now we've acted. The U.S. are allowed to come and support us." And they've already got like the, you know, it's a, an important one when they bring out the stealth bombers because they, they've the stealth bombers have come out, and um, they it started to go dark, and they they dropped their bombs on him, and their bombs actually seem effective. Mm. They must be more powerful or something like that. And they they do appear to make him bleed. And he like actually reacts whereas he's been stoic. Do you bleed <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. He does, but he's not a fan of being made to bleed because he kicks off. You made me bleed my own blood. Yeah, so this like is Nelson. where it really kicks off, right? Is this the bit where he annihilates Everything. Yeah, so this is where... So they've done this, and then of note, I guess, in the film, the Prime Minister has said, oh, the Americans are about to attack, and they say to him, well, you should move to another location that will be safer. And he's like, oh, no, I have to stay. Hmm. I have to stay to to oversee this. I can't be seen to abandon the people. Oh, no, no, you've got to be safe, though. Should have been... Trusted his first instinct, shouldn't he? Because he gets in the helicopter and the American bombs provoke Godzilla to go bloody berserk and not just in the traditional way that we're used to seeing. So he begins with like vomiting up a load of napalm that like explodes masses of the city. It's crazy. So his mouth opens sort of like almost like a predator. Like it's a bit, it opens in sort of his, his jaw splits in two. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, he does like a yeah, predator yeah. or blade twos. He blade twos his bottom lip, and he get um, and he spits out all of this like almost liquid that then explodes into a fiery explosion, and then refines it into the traditional Godzilla beam. Yeah, and then back, and it does go back to that napalm stuff afterwards. So it's almost like that's what comes out first. That's the first level. Of Godzilla beam, and then it just when it's been fired long enough, yeah. But yeah, it just it just wipes out everything. It's just got such a range as well, such a ridiculously long range. Yeah, it obliterates the city, doesn't it? So not only does the fire like like coat the streets, but then when it turns the beam, he just swings it across the buildings and just like, cuts them in half. So am I right in saying that this isn't like central Tokyo, is it? It's it's one of the it's one of the wards, but I don't know exactly which one it is. But Tokyo is a huge city, but um, yeah, 
but he's basically made his way across the river and he's mm. heading into like more and more central Tokyo. I'm not sure think, whether. Don't they say at one point it was going to take him however long to get two hours to get there. Two hours to get there at his current rate. So he's he's come along some of that way at the very least to where they've gone because he's gone past where the line of the tanks were. Um, but yeah, he blasts out of his mouth and he shoots down one of those one of the American stealth bombers. And their response to it is, oh, it's okay, we'll we'll come back behind him to get our revenge for, you know, shooting one of our planes down. But even if they've seen the other Godzilla films, they weren't ready for what he does next. No. <laughs> yeah, he has like a Pink Floyd LED light show thing going on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like a... a... Uh, a dangerous, a really dangerous concert where if you get in the way, if you get in the way of the laser beams, that's it, you're split. And doesn't afterwards we find out he's got like some sort of radar system as well? Oh yeah, that's that's, that's a bit later when he's having a little bit of a sleep, but his radar's still active. Does he? Yeah. Does he just do his Pink Floyd out of the back here? Or does he do his tail as well? I don't think it's the tail. Yeah, I think that's saved yeah, for the late, very yeah. end but it's yeah. almost like that radar must work as a way of him like locking onto things as well because the fact that he can do that and like pretty much take out all the planes he i know there's loads the of them coming out and but... the bombs out of the air but yeah it's like bloody warsaw illuminations down at godzilla's place <laughs> <laughs> and oh it looks beautiful over there <laughs> basically he beams all of the planes out of the sky he's completely he completely wipes them out and then um Goes for a little sleep. Yeah, uh, so he yeah, goes for a sleep. He just starts moving, up right? Yeah, he... he just leans against the building. See, that's and creepy kind of goes as well. It's creepy. That's creepy as well. I don't trust anyone fall asleep. You know, sometimes in, when people fall asleep with their eyes open. I mean, I don't yeah. think I've ever wit. I don't think I've ever witnessed it. Cat does but... it all the time. Oh, cat does it all the. Okay. Quite a big uh, eye, so I don't think your eyelids reach all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so ben, ben now doesn't trust your fiance. <laughs> but there's something that I just don't trust about that. I'm a bit like, oh yeah, doing that, are Luke, you? Next time oh, that she yeah. does it, why don't you see if she has like a Godzilla radar system? Like throw a little paper plane at her and see if like a little beam comes out of her and great. blasts it. That's a, that's a great idea. I'll do it. I'll report back. Yeah, so he's. He's dormant for a bit. He's sleeping, and this is where, like, I guess this is quite a meaningful thing on the political side. Effectively, oh, when he was doing his beam, he wipes out the prime minister. So, the minister of agriculture, completely out of his depth, but because he's like a loyal supporter of the party, gets made the new prime minister. So that's he's essentially one, he like wanna, doesn't want a bead of it, does he? It's essentially like if Boris Johnson was wiped out by a helicopter in a helicopter. I mean, that would be terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything. Uh, be like Michael Gove, who also does look like the googly-eyed Godzilla at the start of this movie. Uh, it'd be like him taking over, essentially, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe even less so because it feels like Michael Gove is at least a like member of the cabinet that you would. Like. It feels like. It would be like almost like a backbench member of the party, like no major player, just being like, "Oh, you're a, I guess you're the prime minister now until this is all over." And he he doesn't, he doesn't want to be of it because yeah, it's another one of those moments that there's he's being there's, asked to make these huge decisions that are like, a... well, <laughs> basically you you being asked by the UN to secede military and everything power and the decisions. 
let the UN Council effectively govern the country through this disaster, and then we'll all help you recover and rebuild afterwards. And he kind of looks down at his dinner and is like, noodles have gone soggy. I knew this job was going to be hard. <laughs> There's a, you hear a record scratch and it goes, Wee! yes, that's me. I bet you're probably wondering how I got here. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where does it go from? So America wants to blow up Japan from here. Yeah, right? like the UN, the UN Council led led by America, basically their their plan is that you cannot. I think they. Oh, there's a little bit of a, a bit more information because he's dribbling a small amount of radioactivity, and there's a little bit of tissue that's coming off him, and they theorize that Godzilla is already this powerful, is going to continue to evolve and is going to be able to reproduce asexually. So at some point, there's, he's going to unleash more and more Godzillas. So effectively, there is a pl- they, they're going to have to launch a thumo- thermonuclear bomb at Japan and just obliterate it because they can't afford for this to happen. And they look but at they... Like, the damage it would cause, and it's like monumental, isn't it? Yeah. But they will give them time to evacuate. And basically, yeah. you've got you've got a fair amount of time because they've calculated how long it will take him to recover. And basically you've got about a fortnight to try and... Oh, I wouldn't want to risk it though. Would you want to risk it? Like, in about a fortnight, it'll be back to full power. It's like, whoa. Yeah. So you they're start, gonna, they're start gonna... stirring after 10 days. You'll be like, not yet! God! <laughs> they're, trying to, they're trying to get rid of them. But the guys come up with a plan. Um, so the disaster recovery team, they already have the slight plan from the early part of research that they've done that they could come up with some form of coagulant that would basically react inside his body and shut down the nuclear reactor that's inside him and stop him. Mm. And they're continuing this show, and it gets quite complicated, but you know, by and large, that's the plan, that they're working on this, but they're not going to have but they feel like there's not going to be enough time. So they are working in the background. They work with the new prime minister to say, you have to find an ally that will help us beg for more time because we're going to run out. And they get France to help advocate for them, I think. Yeah. Um, And they work with the Germans to get the computational power to be able to do this. And it's about this disaster team. And they're really trying to scrabble together all the materials. They're like having to like commandeer chemical plants and get cranes because they have this one shot to get their plan to work before they effectively lose control of the country and accept that Japan has another nuclear bomb dropped on it, which, um, again, I guess it's obviously a big deal for any country, but historically, obviously, Japan is thinking, like I've been again to, we went to, on our last visit, we went to like the, it's like an anti-nuclear, it's like a peace museum. Uh, we went to one in Nagasaki and looked around it. And the stuff that we get on the news and stuff, and the stuff that I learned, you know, that you learn in school of history, I have. I'm sorry, we're doing a more upbeat podcast, but I have never been to a place so sad as walking yeah. around that museum and like some of the stories and like the letters and the pictures from afterwards. So it's obviously a huge deal, and they want to avoid their country being destroyed again and it's a very like i think it's quite a sentimental moment as these people really try to get their plan to work before um 
before the inevitable strike and they can't do it so this countdown is ticking down and if they can't do it then basically a submarine sits ready to launch this thermonuclear bomb and they're going to continue with the evacuation but they they're given the time to try and execute their plan when he comes back to life when he come when he wakes back up yeah um so the plan is to hit him in the shins some trains, which I think is where the name comes from. Yeah. And that'll trip him up. And then again, I shove like some straws in his mouth and squirt some of the coagulant uh, into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So they've okay. got, before, before it all goes down, uh, the main character, essentially, the uh, Rando Yaguchi does like a, a sort of pep talk for everybody. He's Please. like, look, some of you are all going to get horribly burned. Uh, it's going to be horrible and painful, but uh, still, do your job, will you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're all and they're all and they're all up for it. This is he is like Bill Pullman, and this yeah, is our Independence yeah, yeah, Day. Good... They are they're really up for it. It's a good it's a good speech. Yeah, it's a good speech. Uh, yeah, so they're obviously trains in the shins. Uh, don't they just like bomb him, bomb bomb some buildings around Lots him as bombs. well? So they yeah, like, yeah they they fall, blow up they. On him. Demolish the buildings so they oh, fall yeah. on him as well, and he's yeah. knocked over. And then, as soon as he's down, the cranes are straight in. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's. Oh yeah, there's drone. He he bites and shakes around like dog. Yeah, there's drone. There's drones as well, and then they come in and drop some bombs, and I think oh, he atomic breaths them, doesn't he? They they basically send in loads of drones to try and make him use up all of his laser power. Mm. So they, they he uses as much laser as they as he can, and then they bring in the trains and the buildings to fall on him. So they're strategically trying to wear him down. Yeah, it's it's a weird kind of ending, like the way they beat him. Like it's quite anticlimactic in the sense of how you'd imagine big monster action movies to to go. Um, they get the straws in his mouth. And then he just stops moving, right? <laughs> he, get, he gets back up, so they do, he does it once, he blasts them away, and they manage to bring him down again, they do it a second time, and he gets back up, but then he stops, and he turns effectively into stone. Yeah. He, he's kind of frozen. But even then, would you, there. would you be convinced? Because he just stood there. Like, at, at one point, nearly at the end, uh, Rando Yaguchi looks out across Tokyo and looks at Godzilla, who's frozen solid, and I'm just like, He's still bloody there. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep at it's night. Good, it's a good shot, though, isn't it? Well, it's a nice one yeah. of like the, the, them standing there and they have this conversation because Yaguchi has been like lauded as like the hero of this moment, and he's like tipped to be. And he's tipped as the film gets on. Someone saying, "Oh, do you want to be the prime minister?" It's like, <laughs> oh, at first he's like, "Oh, I, I want to make sure there's a country to be prime minister of first. But then as it comes down to it. Kyoko comes to see him and say, oh, you know, it'd be good to have you as the prime minister when I'm president. He's like, oh, yeah, take your orders, will I? Um, and then they have that dramatic, the dramatic look at him. I guess they've been, it'd be a risk because you think your instinct might be okay. Now he's frozen, smash him up with hammers. But then what if you accidentally smash him out of being in stone? Then you've undone yeah, it all. you've unleashed him. What would you do? Because you couldn't just, I mean, you couldn't just leave him there. You'd have to go and put some chips loads of charges and try and blow him up wouldn't you yeah also, if you explode him out of it then he's they made back. a big point oh, okay. about uh he was irradiating the place as well i mean 
did they say? I mean, they said like the fallout was like two weeks or something, right? They yeah, they out. said like, yeah, half, like it's got a really low half life, so actually it'll be gone in a few weeks. Yeah. So they can yeah. they can use the city again. Yeah, that's good. But, um, but, he's, and... but he's there, and he's there for good. And the I guess the thing hanging over them forever is they've said basically the countdown was only delayed. It's not something they stopped it like three seconds or you know a dramatic film amount of time so basically the international community have said that they the countdown has only been paused it's never stopped and if he ever wakes up again effectively or moves then that countdown immediately comes back to life and they have to get rid of him because the final shot of godzilla and we come in on that tale is that there are little godzillas literally you can see the mouths and the almost humanoid shapes of Godzilla's yeah. about to be yeah. spawned off the back, back of the I wasn't sure what that meant. I wasn't sure whether that was just some people that he'd killed with his tail would somehow got all stuck up there or whether it was supposed to be no, I think they were... having some babies. I think yeah. that it was going to be like almost a replacement for humans because he points out that they, they talk about it being like the ultimate life form and all of these things and it surpasses wow. people. So could it be that I'm not sure if they were going to grow into full Godzillas or would they have been like a people size yeah. Godzillas that he was literally about to spit off into the world? Wow. So they've Shin got to be Godzilla ready. Ending skeletons. I'm just looking at Yeah, I'm just looking some... at pictures of them now. They're like little yeah. alien Oh, yeah, I see, I see. Things. Yeah. Yeah, because initially I wasn't sure. Okay, that I mean that makes more sense now. I'm seeing them in detail. It was before I was like it looked like dead bodies, but yeah, oh, we'll see them up close as well. It's like humanoid. They've got the fins as well and little Godzilla mouths. Wow. Just looking at like That's images creepy. of this Godzilla versus the American MonsterVerse one. This one looks like such a villain. <laughs> like he looks like a bad dude yeah. compared to the kind of even even the American one. He doesn't look like a. He, he's kind of not cute, but he doesn't look evil. Like he. Uh, he smiles in Godzilla yeah. vs Kong. He smiles as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh. a nice little thumbs up. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe they they like those little ending skeletons look quite xenomorphy. Yeah. Almost there. Yeah. 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 So basically. They're probably right to want to get rid of him. Although, that being said, like the scientist said, at this point, with how powerful he is by only one evolution, are they sure a thermonuclear bomb would get him? Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. There we go. um, That's the end. Cool. All right. Uh, I've got some name game for you guys, if you're up for it. Oh, oh yes. So the first one is about uh, a country called Japan, and it's plunged into chaos upon the appearance of a lower half of a face. Chin Godzilla. Chin Godzilla. Chin Godzilla. Correct. Well done. This next one is about a country called Japan that's plunged into chaos upon the appearance of a giant diet. Slim Godzilla. Close, but not quite what I've got. Thin Godzilla. Thin Godzilla. Um, this next one is about a country called Japan. It's plunged into chaos upon the appearance of someone who used to be something special. Oh, used to be oh, big, something special. Uh, over uh, there. Is it has been Godzilla? Has been Godzilla. 
<laughs> Japan has plunged into chaos upon the appearance of a Fear Factory song. I don't know if you're a Fear Factory uh, fan, Andy, but I think Ben will get this. I reckon Ben's going to smash this one. Not as familiar. Oh, Fear Factory. Yeah. In my head, in my head, then I was thinking Fear Factor with uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I know who Fear Factory are, but I couldn't, I couldn't name. A, <laughs> have they got any songs an that rhyme with Shin? Uh, have they? It's probably like the only song that people would know. I don't know. Welcome back to that all, one. Um, all of my. Welcome back to that one. Uh, so, last one: Japan is plunged into chaos upon the appearance of a giant monster that was inside them the whole time. Uh, in Godzilla. Built in Godzilla. <laughs> Built in Godzilla. <laughs> uh, the Fear Factory one was Lynchpin Godzilla. Oh. Oh, Lynchpin. I mean, now, now I can see a. <laughs> Yeah, as a list at any Fear Factory, but that's uh, a that's a cool song. Uh, it's probably only on my mind because my friend at work puts it on a lot. I've talked about oh, it. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well done. Five out of five. We need to rate the film. <laughs> I am gonna have a hard time rating this one. I will admit, and therefore yeah. I will go. Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> it was, especially, it's gonna be difficult, especially if you've seen. All like the other MonsterVerse films the same week, like it's a completely different... it's a different kind of film altogether. Different color fish, mate. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, I'll, I'll get mine in before you guys do because it w- it will color my uh, rating, yeah. and I, know, I think I know where you guys might sit, but I'm not too sure. I think I'm gonna have to go with a ready salted default rating because I'm not too sure if I quite got the joke of it. Like I feel like if I watched it again, I would get more of that thick of it style going from one meeting room to the next uh, and I will say the um, the bits where Godzilla is wreaking havoc uh, feel a lot more tangible than they do in any other Godzilla style film I've yeah. seen like, the destruction feels kind of real scale of it, the true scale yeah. of the destruction and like the effect on yeah. on civilization is, is, is felt and understood yeah, Whereas and in, uh, in the monstrous films, you're just like smashy, smashy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, dead. I mean, Andy talking about um, the the nuclear bomb thing. I, I don't know. I didn't even really, really hit me when I watched it this time. So just talking about it has kind of made me respect it and appreciate it a bit more. But I think I'm going to have to go with my initial feeling around a, a B minus. But it, it it might be better on repeat viewings once I've you know yeah. had time to settle with it a bit. Um, I'd probably go a little bit higher, maybe, maybe just a B. I was gonna say B plus, but I think maybe just a B, just because uh, yeah, it did it did affect me. Um, obviously a very different film from the MonsterVerse films or even like the other Japanese Godzilla films I've seen. Uh, but yeah, it, it felt like you were kind of on the ground, understanding the effects of absolutely everything that was happening on screen, and uh, a great. Godzilla design, I think, genuinely quite horrific and ridiculous at the same time. Uh, yeah, so standard B, I think. Cool. Oh, there we go. Um, for me, I think the 
we'll do the good and the bad. I think it's a really thoughtful film, and I think I'm with you, Luke. I think with more watches as well, there are other bits that that might sink in. I think for in terms of effectiveness and in terms of how much you care about the people in Godzilla films, I think on paper you look at Shin Godzilla and think, oh, there's a lot of the political stuff, and people will always tell you, like when you look at the modern Godzillas, effectively, oh the worst bit is the bit with the people, you know, and the, you know, the backgrounds of the people. What I want to do is mm-hmm. see the monsters fight. And um, I genuinely cared about the stuff that the people were doing in this one. Like I found it really engaging and I really enjoyed and I wanted them to do their plan. Like when it came to the bit with them trying to execute the final bit, like there was a tension there and like, oh, I really want this to actually work, which bearing in mind, I'm used to watching films where Godzilla is the goodie. Like it's not, a, a usual watch of a Godzilla film to think, oh, I want them to get him and um, and be able to stop him. So it's a really strange thing, and I really like what they did with the creature design, and actually for a, for a creature that is like all this, you know, all these years old and, you know, 30-odd films deep, they found a different thing to do with it and a different way to evolve the creature. Um, I found that really cool. Um, the downsides of it, I guess, um, it's not a tradition, not, not traditional isn't the right word because it is closer to original Godzilla than a lot of the newer ones, but it's not what you would get from half of the course for a Godzilla film, which it might be what you're coming to it for. And if you want to see monsters fight each other, you're not going to get it. And I would have to mark it down a little for maybe effects in the early days that googly eye Godzilla does take you out of it a little bit in the early frames like I imagine the film with this drama and this depth but with an effects budget of the of the recent Kong versus Godzilla you can only imagine what they could what they could do with it but I really love this film I'm going to give it an A minus even with the even with the ding for for you know the effects budget that they had I feel like I could watch this again quite soon. Maybe I'll try the American dub and see how it holds up and what the differences are while this one's still quite fresh in my mind. Mm. Good. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. So I think next week we have a, a special guest on. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So next week we're going to be doing um, From Beyond, um, which is directed by... Still good. That's it. I knew that. Uh, so yeah, Jed Shepard's going to be joining us, uh, the writer of 2020's big hitter, Host, uh, the Shudder exclusive um, Zoom horror movie. So yeah, Jed's going to join us next week for that, which should be fun. Sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know what... Um, <laughs> I just remembered. I said I was going to have some reviews to read out. Um and I don't have any here. That uh, will just keep people coming back next week. If we yeah, just go, okay. we'll have them next week. <laughs> then people will keep coming back expecting them. And if you if we haven't got them, then they'll have to come back the week after that. You know, oh, come on. Without saying, without saying, <coughs> how many are we going to do? You could just say, I'm going to do double the amount next week to make up for it. I well, before you even said that, Andy, I was <laughs> just about to say I'm going to do triple the reviews that I was going to do. When I originally said I was going to do it, just make a whole episode about reviews, maybe a whole <laughs> podcast based on them. All right, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So thanks for listening in. Listening in. Um, if you enjoyed the show, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Uh, thanks to Cobach Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. Go join the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Uh, yeah, thanks to my co-hosts, Ben and Andy, for being right horror dudes. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Till next time. Nice one. Bye. 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 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.